mature in God or what we're going to do has to be made as we're under the pressures of our spiritual life. Now, they reveal, for the most part, and God ordains that, these pressures reveal what is under the surface of our hearts. In other words, it brings to bear upon us, for the most part. Uh, opens up things that maybe that we are not even aware of in our own heart and in our own life. And when we make these discoveries, when we allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us, and we make these discoveries in the pressure situations, we find ourselves sometimes disappointed in our own life, in our own spiritual life, and that's to be expected, and that's what God wants us to be. Because as long as we're satisfied with everything that is happening in our life, then we certainly don't spend any time trying to find out some of the things that might be missing in our life. And in reading Psalms 95, that concerns Israel in a time of a pressure situation. It has to do, you'll notice, with God's direction or what God is saying or has said to Israel. And God always, if you will notice, uses negative things in things past the Old Testament and the New as well to show us what not to do. Right. He tells us a lot of things positively on what we should do, but most of the time in telling us and showing us what not to do, he uses negative things and negative thoughts, and that's what he's doing in Psalms 95, from verses 7 on down to 11, and also in Hebrews through 7, 12. And I want to read those. If you follow with me, it says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Didn't say yesterday or tomorrow. It says, actually right now, present. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, Proved me and saw my work. Yes. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. And turn right over, over to the third chapter of Hebrews. And the Apostle Paul, writer of the Hebrews, picks up on the subject. And he says, wherefore, but he added something here that's significant. And let you know that this was not just a man speaking, a man talking. He says, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said. In other words, the Holy Ghost was speaking through the mouth of David or Asaph or whoever was the writer of that song. The Holy Ghost was speaking through them as well as it is speaking through the mouth of the Apostle Paul, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, not as man saith, but as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Now notice the subject on this is harden not your heart. Right. As in the day of provocation, in the day of the temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. And once you catch those and both of them, they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, in his anger, in his indignation, they shall not enter unto my rest. Then Paul tacks on a warning, as he said, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you, and in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And then the 13th verse, and we'll end there, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Or that word is callous, through the deceitfulness of sin. I don't know whether... We have that anymore or not. I certainly don't, but I used to uh, do a lot of hard work, and I got calluses on my hands. And when I got calluses on my hand, they're 
wasn't very much feeling. In fact, there was a time when I could take a needle and thread and sew my fingers up like that and never feel anything because my hands were calloused. And the Apostle Paul, as well as the psalmist, is... Uh, the psalmist, of course, is speaking to Israel of that day. The Apostle Paul is picking it up. So evidently, it must be a standard warning to generations of Christians, individuals that know God. And God is showing us in this that Israel went through a time of pressure and a time of frustration in the wilderness. Their first mistake, of course, was under pressure, not making the right decision to go into the promised land. That was mistake number one. And it was under pressure. It was not a decision that was made uh, just freely because ten spies were sent in to spy out the land and only two come back with a positive report and ten of them came back with a negative report and said, there's giants in the land and there's simply no way that we can go into that land. And so under pressure, and forced to make a decision, rather than make one that would seem hard, they made one that seemed easy and they simply said, we cannot take the land. And of course, their heart was hardened then immediately against God because God had already told them that the land was theirs. That all they had to do was take it. And God affirmed His power and His willingness to help them do that. They was not going up against giants on their own. They was going up against giants against the God that had proved Himself. Already had proved Himself. Didn't need to prove Himself anymore. But under pressure, they made a choice. They made a decision. It was the wrong decision. Yes. It was a decision that no doubt they regretted all the days of their life. And God being a gentle God and a just God, although His wrath was stirred up against them, He turned them into the wilderness. Now, I don't believe it was God's intention to destroy them. I believe it was God's intention for them to learn to make the right choices under pressure. Right. At the right times. And each time that God would get them in a place where they should make a choice and understand that God is God, they made the wrong choice. And the more wrong choices they made, the harder their heart got. Until finally, God could see that there was no pricking a heart. No turning their heart back to Him. And He swore that all those that was living at that time, and just those that was under 20, would ever see His wreck. Now, that was written, of course, for our admonition. It was letting us know that things that Israel did, David brought it up, if he be the writer of the song, but Paul in Hebrews brought it up and said, Now the Holy Ghost says, the Holy Ghost tells us that today if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. And it tells us when hearts was hardened. In other words, Israel, as usual, is our example. That we should understand that uh, life is filled with pressure. Amen. Life is filled with frustration. Life is filled with wilderness experiences that God's children are asked to go into by God Himself. And Israel made mistakes and God is telling us not to make the same mistakes that Israel made. Right. Now that makes a little sense, doesn't it? That God pointing out what Israel could have had Everything that was theirs, everything that God said was theirs and under pressure made the wrong decisions and made the wrong choices and ended up not entering into the material rest that God had for them, which was in the promised land. But Paul is spiritualizing this and using it and saying under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that today, of course, is the day of salvation. Yes. How we need to understand who God is. We need to understand what His promises to us are individually and what His promises to the church world is and keep our hearts tender and right with Him in the midst of spiritual pressure that God says is going to come. There's no way that we can avoid the pressures of a natural life and certainly no way we can avoid the pressures of a spiritual life. There's pressures put on us
always to take the easy way out. Come on. All right? Amen. To take the easy way out. We have a world that, uh, that is going down because humanity materially, naturally, has wanted an easy way out. They don't want to have to work for what they get. They want everything given to them. Right. And that has spilled over into spiritual life. Until spiritually speaking, we simply walk the easy way out. And when pressure mounts, and we look around, and there's always an easier way offered to us. Come on, it's the truth. And that's the same way it was with Israel. You didn't have to go in there and fight. As giants in the land were afraid to do that. Uh, why don't we just stay where we're at or just turn around and go back into the wilderness? After all, God has been good to us in the wilderness. Why should we uh, make ourselves a target for the Gentile nations in there? So let's just stay where we're at. And in doing that, of course, brings frustration because we know as Christians that we are not made to be where we're at. We're not made to dwell where we're at. We're made to climb the ladder and mature. That's what God wants out of us. And so there's pressure always in our life. And when we make mistakes in those hours and those moments, uh, then we have to understand that we pay the penalty for that. I mean, God is a good God. He was a God of uh, mercy and wrath together at Psalms. But he was a God of mercy when the Apostle Paul spoke that. And yet Paul still had the audacity to say that this scripture still stands. That's still the way it is. Now we never know what lies ahead. I mean, I can second guess my spiritual experience and what is going to happen to me and try my best to map out a plan uh, whereby that I can walk in at the best of my ability. But we never know when the snares of Satan, pressure comes upon us and learning times are upon us and we never know when that's going to happen. But somewhere, sometime in our spiritual Christian journey, we are going to get some tough wilderness pressure experiences that demands a decision and a choice that will mean something in your spiritual life. It will mean that you have turned away from God, you have refused Him because the walk seems harsh, or you have simply declared, all right, if this is the path God wants me to walk, I'll make the choice under pressure, I'll do what God wants out of me. You see, Sometimes we get too casual and we get too proud in our Christian walk. We get the idea sometimes that it doesn't make any difference what we do, everything's going to turn out all right. Well, it didn't turn out all right with Israel, and it won't turn out all right with us if we make the wrong decisions and the wrong choices. We have a penalty that God says we're going to have to pay. Now, we can't go around patting one another on the hand and back and saying everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be fine. I worked at a place one time, and when things got rough, and I always knew that there was problems at the place where I worked because the guy I worked under come around, and his thing was this. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. But I knew everything wasn't all right. And it was like it was. Everything wasn't going to be all right. And it's the same way with our problems in our life, spiritual life. Uh, when God asks something and we refuse to do it, we can't just say, well, I'll just do what I want to and everything's going to be all right. And it won't be all right. God is saying in here, now listen to what he has to say. Don't do like the children of Israel did. Right. Make the choices right. Understand that you're not going to have a clear mind on your own. You see, the Holy Ghost has to have a part in this. In other words, when we find pressure mounting, we need an altar, we need communion with God, we need to hear what God has to say, and we need to hear His voice, and when we hear it, we book up our shoulders and say, God, that's what you said, and that's what I'll do. Other ways may seem easier. And a lot of them are, there's a lot of people that's chosen easier ways, but it is chaos and ruin in their life when they do. Here's right. went along fighting for a while, God trying to deal with them, uh, God taking care of them, and every time uh, that they was tried and tempted and tested, they turned on God. And every time they did, every time they uh, didn't believe Him, every time God spoke to them and they refused, their heart become a little bit harder. Right. And a little bit harder. Until finally, 
God simply said, I can't allow them to enter into my rest. In other words, I can't allow somebody that cannot walk after my paths and do what I want them to do, I can't allow them to enter into my rest. You see, everything didn't turn out all right for them. There was problems, and God says, we just can't allow this because of the wrong choices in a pressure-packed experience in our life, a wilderness experience. Right. And let me fully assure you, if you have not went through one, then you're going to go through one. And in there, that experience, and in that wilderness, God is going to ask you to make a decision that would have, have come to bear on your life and on your religious experience as to whether you follow the path of God or not. And always remember that there's going to be an easier path there. In fact, the minister say there may be several easy choices that you can make. Choices that the devil, of course, says, well, you can do this or you can do that. But when God says, this is what I want, and he's saying to us today, don't harden your heart like Israel did. Keep your heart pliable, keep it tender, uh, keep it the way it ought to be, and let me speak to you in those times. In other words, he's saying, get a hold of my hand, I'm going to lead you into the promised I'm going to make everything turn out all right for you. Israel made some bad choices. They made some choices that stand out in history. They made some choices that stream out through the Old and New Testament and is still alive today. And the Holy Ghost still speaking, don't harden your heart as in the days of provocation. Understand what God is trying to do in your life. Understand that the majority of the time, God allows these experiences in our life so we would not be clouded with judgment and we would learn where He is and what His ways is and what He wants us to do. So we would learn those things. Now you can't play and learn about work. Amen? That's been the problem, I think, with humanity. But they like to play. Israel sat down to eat and drink and goes up to play. And humanity is the same. Spiritually speaking, God's people still want to sit down and eat and drink. We've had a good time tonight. We have worshipped God. He's been generous to us and kind to us and loving. And we put forth some effort. The Word of God has gone forth. But it won't amount to one thing unless we understand what God is to us and what will happen outside this, these doors. Amen. Individually, we will walk through times like this. Church-wise, assembly-wise, every church, every church, regardless of which one it is, at some time or other, is going to experience uh, decisions have to be made under pressure. Right. What is the right one to make? What is the wrong choice? And we don't have the capabilities of making those choices. But as long as our heart is tender, as long as we are subject to understanding God, as long as we understand that we could make the wrong choice, it is altogether possible, but God cannot. You understand? God cannot make bad choices. Come on. But we can. Now in times of pressure, two things happen to us. Number one, we have a tendency to become hardened. Now we can say, well, that's not so in my life. Uh, you can say that if you want to, but I can't say that. Because when pressure time comes, and times of confusion, times of misunderstanding, and things come that are uncalled for, I have a tendency to become, uh, become kind of hardened in my heart. I am not as pliable as I was. I'm not as tender toward individuals as I one time was. I'm not as respectful to them as I one time was. And my heart, if I let it go, and if you let it go, and our heart becomes hardened in that way, uh, then we are going against what God wants. Right. So in times of pressure like this, your heart can become hardened. God, the devil has taken sometimes the tenderest heart. Hearts that have never helped any malice, never helped any envy, never helped any jealousy, have never had any of these things. And in times 
when we're provoked in provocation, in times when the atmosphere is cloudy and we don't know what to do, the devil has taken those hearts and he's made them so hard. I understand this morning what was said about the young man. I know that young man. I know his tenderness before God. I know his, his desire to please God. I know the makings of a minister in him. And yet because of this one thing that he didn't understand. I don't understand it. I don't know why these things happen, but they do. But these are pressure situations. These are situations in wilderness experiences. And as he said, if uh, the child dies, then we'll leave the church and won't come back anymore. Wrong choice. That's right. A pressure choice, yes. But the wrong choice. Yes. The choice ought to be made like Job says, Lord, he slay me, yet I'll trust him. That's the choice under pressure. Job made, which is the right choice. He made it under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Now it's possible. Now also, number two, you can be broken by these things. You can allow God to break your heart with those things. You can come to bear upon your own life and, and let these pressure situations begin to break and take any pride out of you that might be there. After all, that's probably what God's wanting. A lot of us are filled with pride and we don't even recognize it. And it takes experiences like this for God to break our pride and make us contrite and make us pliable and make us sensitive. Now, we can allow those times of pressure to allow this to happen in our life. And if it does break our heart, we become contrite, we ask God to help us in those times, forgive us, and all of that, we become pliable, we become sensitive and yes. understanding of lives and what might cause these things, and then we make the right decisions. And the decision, of course, is to follow God. You'll notice in this uh, reading also that it's possible to see God's works but not know God's ways. Now, you can find that in both of the readings uh, there where it says, uh, 40 years long was I grieved, 10th verse, 95th Psalm. It is the people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. In other words, with everything that God wants to them, with everything God did for them, they did not still know God's ways. They did not understand God. You see, those that do not know God and do not understand that He is the only strength they have, the only foundation there is, the only solid thing under their feet that they're using this world. If they don't know that, they'll fall under pressure and make their own choice and right decision, wrong decision, and they'll fight God wanting their way or an easy way out of this thing. In other words, we're in it. We don't understand why we're there sometimes. We don't understand what is happening in our life. But don't fight God. Submit to Him. Understand Him. And don't desire no way or easier way. Sometimes we just have to fight. Sometimes there's just no way out of it. We simply have to fight. Now Israel saw God's works. If anybody understood the works of God, they did. They saw miracle after miracle. And they understood yes, miracles. Yes. There wasn't any doubt that they understood miracles because they whined and cried so much that the only thing that could salvage them for a while was the miracles of God. And that's the same way the world is today. If they don't have a miracle every day or something happening uh, miraculous every day, living in the supernatural every day, why, well, they don't know what to do. Come on. But God, knowing that we need miracles in our life, and we do need them, but the most important thing of every Christian is the basis of the Word of God under their feet that is powerful and strong enough to keep them from falling. We're living in a day and hour where people follow miracles and miracles don't follow them. That's the other way around. It ought not to be. But Israel understood miracles, but they didn't know God, and they didn't know God's ways. Now we can have all the miracles, and I look for miracles. I really do. I don't think we're steeped in this thing. I don't think we're going to be like we are uh, with, with limitations, seeing the dishonest. When Jesus comes, I think the church is going to rise, and I think we're going to have miracles. But we need to understand and know about God. 
know about who he is and what he is. It's one thing to know God's words. So it's one thing to understand that and quite another to know God's ways. Amen. You see, that's where the error comes in at is when we don't understand God's ways in pressure situations. And we can't find it unless we get into the Word of God. There's not one single thing that happens to us that isn't understood and talked about in the Word of God. That's why we need to be Bible students. Yes. That's why we don't know God's ways a lot of times. It's because we don't read the book. We don't get to roadmap. We don't understand what is happening. Uh, and so naturally we don't know His ways because we don't open up the map that shows us which way He's going. But Israel went through pressure in the wilderness. And if you will notice, they went through that pressure times demanding that God perform for them. I wonder if that says anything to creation today. Yes. I wonder if that might speak to our heart today that we simply want God to perform for us. We want God to do this. And we want God to do that. And a lot of times in those situations, God is trying to get us to the place where we will do this and we will do that and then He'll bless us far. Can't do that, of course, without the Holy Ghost. These people were not worshipers. They were demanders. Always demanding that God do something for them. Always whining and complaining of the situation they're in. And instead of learning from God in those situations, making the right decisions, they demanded of Him. God, you do this, and God, you do that. And God, why is this happening? And all of that. And stood out, I realize I'm not asking an easy thing, and God is not either. And stood out in the midst of these times, worshiping Him regardless of what the situation is. Throwing your hands and heart up to Him and say, God, I worship You. There's no place else I can go and no place else I can turn and worship Him and you'll find in Him then strength begins to build up in you. And knowledge begins to come. And the wisdom of God begins to come. And the first thing you know you are an individual that can make the right choice in a bad situation. Right. One that simply knows that God has all things. You see, these people were a stiff neck in their disposition. <laughs> we have problems with our disposition, don't we? And these people were stiff necked in their disposition and hardened in their heart. Didn't make any difference what God did. They still had that uh, sour unbelief disposition that God you're going to have to show me. You put me into this wilderness now you get me out of it. And a lot of us have that uh, tendency still yet in our spiritual life. And uh, they were hardened. The Bible says hardened in their hearts. In their minds. In other words the mind was set. Yeah. It wasn't going to be changed. It's the way it is. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change my disposition. I'm going to stay right like I am. And their mind could not conceive or understand. And therefore it was not pliable. And it was not sensitive. Yes. And regardless of what happens in our life, we have to keep a sensitivity about us yeah. for humanity. It doesn't make any difference. And I know this is not an easy thing. And I'm probably preaching to myself as much as you are. But we have to stay sensitive also to individuals that have wronged us. Individuals that have done the things that are not good unto us. And we've all had that. We still have to care enough about their soul to pray that some way God would get through that hardened mass up there and talk to their life before they make their own choices. I walk the wrong, wrong directions. Many have made wrong choices in their life. Uh, Israel uh, simply said, I just won't learn. You see, when we get past learning, get past letting God tell us something, get past understanding who God is, what God's ways are. I know about God. I know His power. I understand His miracles. Greatest miracle in the world is when He called me out of sin and cleansed me and washed me by His blood and then uh, filled me with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in my life and healed my body time after time. I know miracles. But that's not enough. 
I need to know the ways of God. Amen. I need to understand the walk of God. I need to understand something Israel didn't understand. They knew Him. They knew His power. Understood His power. But didn't know the ways of God. We need to understand the ways of God. So what was the product of the hardening of their heart? Number one, He said, So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, they were dealing there, of course, with a rest that was to come in the promised land, and that was a natural rest. But Paul is going beyond that when he picks it up yes. and carries it on. Paul is talking about a spiritual rest. Now, that doesn't just mean in the millennium or when Jesus comes. That simply means right now. Yes. Right now, I mean, if we can submit to God and submit to His ways and find out what His ways is, we can have some rest for our weary hearts and our weary souls. But as long as we don't know His ways, as long as we don't understand who He is and what He's doing, and the graces of life are bound to come, as long as we don't understand His ways in this, there'll be no peace in us. There'll be no rest. So the product of Israel was that they... He, they made God mad. Now, I don't know if you believe you can make God mad or not, but I think I've done it a few times. Come on. <laughs> I think you're honest, you have too. And they made God mad. I mean, simply said, uh, they can't enter into my rest. In other words, they, they're just simply not capable of being in. And they sacrifice conviction for convenience. Mm-hmm. And that's possible. That does happen. Right. God convicts us. And don't tell me you don't know what conviction is. Because you do. God convicts you of things in your life that ought not to be that are, are ways in your life that He wants change. Yes. And God convicts you, you're under pressure then. The minute God convicts you, you're under pressure. Right. Because immediately when conviction comes, convenience shows up. And says there's a better way than that. You don't have to do that. So what choice do we make in that? Well, those things are written in the Bible not to do like Israel did. That's a negative thought to bring about a positive reaction to us. Right. And they relied on temporal pleasure, instant gratitude, more than important, more important to them than long-term commitment. You see, Christians that know God's ways have to have long-term commitments. In other words, God's not going to snap His finger and everything is going to dance right in front of you and your life is not going to be like God wants it in an instant. There has to be long-term commitments to God. It has to be that in an assembly. It has to be that in an individual life. You have to realize that there is a long-term commitment God has made to us and we must reciprocate to Him. And so what we look for is things that is soon to come. Song said this morning, no more tears and no more death and no more crying and all of those things. But we have to have a long-term commitment to get that. Now in Matthew 4, and we're going to wind this up shortly, Jesus was about to launch his ministry. Everybody knows this. Everyone knows his story. But before he launched his ministry, and if this God-man had to do this in order to learn the ways of God and the Spirit that he dwelt him, how much more must we, even as Spirit-filled individuals, must undergo pressure times in our life making the right decisions and choices? First, he had to go through time of endurance under pressure. Every place he walked, and Bible says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit and to the wilderness to be tempted. I want you to notice the word in two. Mm-hmm. I want you to notice who was leading him there. It was not the enemy. It was not the devil that was leading him there into those pressure-type situations where he would have to make his choice. And when he made his choice, he found God's ways. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for the specific reason to be tempted. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hmm. 
to be tried in his convictions, to see if he knew or understood not just the miracles of God, because the Bible says he could have done this, he could have caused the stones to be turned into bread, he could have done all those things, that could have been miraculous. But he was not looking for the miraculous. He was looking for God's way in this. Amen. What God was demanding out of him at the time. And note the Spirit did not lead Jesus around the wilderness. He didn't lead him over the wilderness. He didn't lead him to the edge of the wilderness and then show him a more convenient way around. He led him smack dab into the wilderness for the specific reason to be tempted of the tempter. Right. Understand that. And then you might uh, find it a little bit easier sometimes when you recognize that it really is not the devil doing all this after all. Mm -hmm. That it is God. Mm -hmm. Scripture clearly says that the Spirit led him into the problem. There was going to be problems there. There's going to be choices there. Now, I wonder if you think Jesus was cut off God. No. I think he knew when he went in there that Satan had his big artillery ready and loaded and was waiting for him. Right. Now, he understood something you and I had better get straight. When God leads us into those situations, we better know that loaded and ready for us is a big artillery of the devil to destroy you. Amen. Jesus knew that. Amen. But he didn't go in there by himself. Amen. He went in there with the Word. Amen. And his Word inside of him. You see... A lot of people say, well, that was Jesus. And he could have done that, but do you think that Jesus had the possibility of failing that wilderness test? I do. I don't think it would have been a fair test if there was not a possibility of him failing in that. It wouldn't have been fair to us. Right. We're following after him if he did not have the same desires, temptations, the same way to find out an easy way, the same way to throw up his hands and see miracles rather than God's ways. Come on. If he didn't have the same feelings inside, it would not have been a fair test for us. Therefore, we could not have referred to that. But I believe that he had the possibilities of failure was there. I believe every time the enemy come, had he not formulated in his spirit and in his heart the word of God with an answer. Now we have to recognize that in the times like this, God will give us answers, but we have to know where all we speak. Amen. We have to understand the Word of God. It is a sword. We use that. We leave on that. I'm not going to get through with this message. I'll carry it on probably uh, next week. But we have to understand that the Word of God is sword and it is a fighting implement. And we have to use it sometimes. The devil doesn't scare when you say boo. No, he doesn't. He doesn't scare when you make a face at him. The only thing that scares him is something that will penetrate there's something that will put him to flight, and that's the Word of God. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 2, and we deal with that next week, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now that's pressure. Yes. That's pressure. Yes. When you're out there and you fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and it was exactly that same time when he was at his weakest, so to speak, that the devil comes and begins to put pressure on him. Begin to tell him, look, you're hungry, I know you are. So why don't you just use your power? Why don't you just turn these stones into bread? What was he trying to do? Trying to get Jesus to act on his own. Yeah. What does the devil try to do to us? Try to get us to act on our own. Right. He can get us to act on our own, then he's got him made. But if under pressure we don't react, 
other than under the influence of God's Spirit, we'll make the right choices every time. They'll not be the easiest ones, but God will never fail to see us through. You see, Jesus, or God is showing us that our example, which is Jesus, right. made the right choices under pressure. That's what that's in there for. And being as He did, and He's our example, can we? Can when these times come, where the bottom falls out everything, and it does, where there's no light at the end of the tunnel, and where nothing seems to work out right for us, and when everything is wrong, and we've done our best to be a good steward and a good workman of God, and then we get into these situations, and we're asked to make a choice. Yes. What will it be? What's your answer? Well, I've seen it happen both ways. I've seen a choice to be made, which God simply says, uh, come up a little higher, get out of some of the attitudes and things that are in your life, yes. demanding that, and during the times of pressure, choices made, and there's a more convenient way, and so they choose that. And I've seen individuals alter and fail. And then I've seen individuals that have simply withered the storm that has desired to know what God's way is in their life. What, what does God want out of my life? Always a good question to ask. Yes. In times like this, is God, what are you trying to do with me? What direction do you want me to go? What things do you want me to turn loose of or get a hold of? In other words, you're just asking God, show me your way. Show me your way. Which way? And if we'll ask God to do it, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost says, don't harden your heart. Keep it pliable. Keep it sensitive. Keep it where God can move into it. And keep it where God can talk to you. And map out your way. If you do this, yes. if you do this, the right choices will be made. Right. A lot of unrest, and a lot of problems, a lot of trouble, a lot of dissatisfaction. And a lot of things that come to torment us in our life. A lot of these things will be taken control by the Holy Spirit of God. We found His ways. We found His life. And that's what it's all about. We'll deal a little bit more with Matthew 4 next week. Where we standing with me? Tonight. Brother Jack wanted to take my time and take two hours, but I decided not to. I figured it'd just be me and him if I did. And I'm not sure about him. <laughs> but he's a good God, and I'll tell you what I want you to do. I know that all of us have, probably everyone of us here have seen difficult times, times in which probably we have made mistakes and made the wrong choices. And that's all right, as long as we recognize that. But as long as we keep making the wrong choices over and over, then God just finally just decides that he can't do anything with us. And I says, yo, that in a sense is what they say, sending away the days of grace, and it has happened. And it will continue to happen yes. unless we find God's way. I would have a question tonight. Every one of us put out in music in fanfare. I would like for us to just leave our seats and come up here and just stand kind of together. Uh, I think that's probably what we need more than anything else is the togetherness in God and asking God to show us His way. Not, not all of us clearly know what it is, but as long as we're desirous and subject to that, then we can keep sensitive hard and God can be with us. But the psalmist and Paul, pointing out a very good lesson, he said, now don't be like Israel did. Don't harden your heart. Don't let your heart continue to get hardened. And I think that's probably a very good lesson. And if he didn't think that it was possible even to a spirit-filled life, Paul would have never wrote it. But he wrote it. I want us to just kind of join hands. I think that would be good to touch somebody. Just as long as you touch somebody. Let's just ask God.
but just simply help us. There are times like this. We as a church want to see these things and individuals in your two years. Father, tonight, we realize that there are pressure situations that come in our life, and we understand that. Father, and sometimes we don't even understand what it's all about or where it's coming from, but let us understand this one thing. You lead us sometimes right directly into the problem to get a reaction. And in doing that, Father, you can strengthen us. God, show us your ways. We know your works. We understand what you are and what you've done. And we know the miracles. But God, sometimes we just don't know the ways. Open that up to us. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding, God. And in times of pressure, wilderness situations, God, we'll get a hold of your hand. We realize that you laid us in there and you can lead us out. You'll never lead us someplace and just leave us. You lead us in there and you'll lead us out. And you'll be with us as we're in there. Now, Jesus, I pray you would strengthen every life. God, let the choices be made and be made right. And let it be made on long-term conditions with you. And realize at the end of it all, then you'll just look and smile and say, Well done, that good and faithful servant. Father, we realize that we have these experiences to go through. We understand that. But we also know we cannot make the right choice without you. God, search our spirit. Search our heart. Might we find condemnation and conviction Father, finding that, not fight against you, not war against you, but submit and say, Lord, you help me. You help me in this daily war that I go through, that I might know and see your ways. Father, I don't desire to follow the ways of the enemy, the ways of flesh, these ways of carnival. I want your ways, Lord. I want them. God, let this congregation agree on that one thing. We want the ways of God. We want to walk in them. And we want to know them. Reveal them to us, Lord. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.